0: Hey there, and welcome to the sermon podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can learn more at our website, TimberlakeUMC.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. This is the message portion of the service, friends. This is when we open the Bible and read it for each other and interpret what God is saying to the church by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me invite you to grab your Bible, open it up to Exodus 13. We're in Exodus again this week, and we're gonna read just now from Exodus 13, verses 17 through 18. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer, for God thought, If the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt prepared for battle. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, welcome to week two in our series. It's called Life in the Wilderness. During June, we are studying the book of Exodus to see what we might learn about how God's people can survive and even thrive in the wilderness. And while we're not wandering in the desert outside of Egypt, we are in a wilderness, aren't we? A wilderness of civil unrest, a wilderness of violence and of riots and of political divisions and the constant threat of illness from COVID-19. And we wonder, is there a good word from the Lord for today? And the answer is yes. Yes. The story of Exodus is a good word for us. It's a story of rescue and of relationship of God rescuing his people and God's desire to be in relationship with those same people. So I want to encourage you to read along with me as we go through the book of Exodus. If you haven't already, you can sign up for daily reminders to access our devotional. It's called Rooted, Rooted, and it's on our website, and there are daily readings from Exodus along with suggestions about what else you can read in the same chapter or in the same book uh, in order for us to, all of us, finish reading all of Exodus by the end of the month. So please follow along with me as we read through Exodus in June. So when we left off last week, Moses had confronted Pharaoh. Thus says the Lord, let my people go. And Pharaoh refused and no thanks. So God sent the plagues And nothing worked until finally the 10th plague, the Passover, and the death of the firstborn Egyptians. And finally, Pharaoh relented, and God used Moses and Aaron to lead God's people out of slavery in Egypt and on their way to the promised land. But in order to get there, in order to get to the promised land, they would have to go through the wilderness So we pick up the story in chapter 13. The Israelites had just finished eating the Passover. Do you know about the Passover meal? Uh, They ate lamb to remember the sacrifice that was made for the forgiveness of their sin. Uh, They ate bitter herbs to remind them of the bitterness of slavery. And they ate unleavened bread. Now the story says specifically unleavened bread. And I wonder if you know why it had to be unleavened because they did not have time to wait For the bread to rise. In other words, they were a people on the move. They ate it with their their shoes on and their staff in their hand, ready to go. You see, they lived in Egypt, but they were not from Egypt. They were on their way out to the promised land. So, following the the passing over of the angel of death and the destruction of the firstborn Egyptians, uh, Pharaoh relented, and the story says in chapter 13, verses 17 to 18, that we just read. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God thought, if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people the roundabout way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt and prepared for battle. So God leads the people out of Egypt, but although the route by way of the Philistines was a shorter route, God leads them a different way, a longer way, the roundabout path into the wilderness. Now, why did God do that? Well, the story says because God was concerned that if the people faced war against the Philistines, they might lose their faith and they might change their minds and decide to go back to Egypt. They might go back in fear rather than forward in faith. Now don't get too caught up on, on what this story looks like on the map. Uh, th- this narrative is not primarily geographical, it's theological, all right? There is a theological truth to be found in here. And the point is that God leads. God leads his people. Yes, Moses is the prophet and Aaron is the spokesperson, but it is God who truly leads the people. And the story of the Bible is the story of God partnering with men and women and children to save God's people. But notice this partnership that we have with God is not a partnership of equals, is it? Uh, At the end of the day, God is the one doing the hard work. Uh, God is the one who leads and we are at best servants of God. All of which raises a curious and really important theological idea. It was God who led his people into the wilderness. Get your head around that for a moment. Get your head around that for a moment. And this is good word number one. Sometimes God leads his people into the wilderness. Now, if wilderness is a place of desolation and of waste, a land that is barren and empty... It's quite a shock when we read the Bible and we realize that God would lead his people there. But that's exactly what the story says and that's exactly what God did. So we should ask why? Why would God lead his people into such a seemingly forsaken place as the wilderness? Well, there's a few reasons. Uh, one is the shortest route is not always the best route, right? Sometimes God's people need to take the long way around. And that's true in your life too, isn't it? The shortest way is not always the best way. The wilderness is a place of testing and of preparation. Recall with me that before Jesus began his earthly ministry, he fasted and prayed for 40 days in the wilderness, which you will recall is our basis for the practice of the season of Lent. 40 days of fasting and prayer. And recall with me the story, how it goes, about how Jesus got to the wilderness. Luke says, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Okay, so the Spirit of God leads Jesus, the Son of God, into the wilderness. Most importantly, most importantly, the wilderness is a place where we learn to depend on God. In the wilderness of COVID-19, when when not even the best doctors know exactly what to expect, where do we turn? In the wilderness of national unrest, when leaders fail us, where do we go for help? The most important lesson in the school of wilderness is faith. When there is no food or water or shelter, only God can provide. And provide is exactly what God does. No sooner are the Israelites out of Egypt and they're going across the Red Sea than they begin to complain to Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in the land of Egypt where we we sat by the cooking pots and ate our fill of the bread. Moses, remember the bread in Egypt. But you brought us out into this wilderness to kill us all with hunger. The Israelites were uh, getting hangry You know, anger due to hunger. (laughs) That's what we call it in my house. Hangry. They were hangry. They didn't have any Snickers bars to tide them over, you know. And isn't it telling that their first reaction to this next challenge is they want to go back. You You know, at least in Egypt, we had food to eat. As slaves in Egypt, in a perversion of their humanity, Israel had become addicted to order and to oppression, and to the regular food supply of the empire. Now, God will not only break their oppression, God will also break their addiction. And in his mercy, God feeds the people. Look at chapter 16, verses 4 to 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. And that way I'll test them whether they will follow my instructions or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So God provides manna from heaven. The saving God is for his people, quite literally the bread of life. God will also miraculously provide quail to eat and and water to drink later on in the story. And what what is provided, the bread or the quail or the water, is less important to the story than who provides it. Friends, this is a story about God's provision. And good word number two is God provides for his people in the wilderness. God provides for his people in the wilderness. God takes care of his people. God gives them the basic necessities, bread and meat and water. But notice also, hidden in this in this verse, six chapter 16, verses four to five, is, is the truth that God gives something even beyond the bare necessities. Okay, so God says, you know, on the sixth day, when you go to gather the manna, you will gather twice as much as usual. Now, why is that? Why twice as much on the sixth day? Because the seventh day is what? The Sabbath. And what is the Sabbath day for? The Sabbath day is for worship and for rest. And so if the people gather enough food on the sixth day, they won't have to gather it on the seventh. And instead they can worship and they can rest and they can enjoy what God has provided for them and not have to work for it. And it's important to note these instructions from the Lord are not optional. It's not, you know, hey, take a day off if you feel like it. No, this is a command, right? This is what you will do, God says to his people. You know, I've, I've seen friends and realized, uh, maybe you have uh, these days, hardly any sin is as celebrated amongst the people of God as passionately as the sin of busyness. We wear it almost like a badge of honor, like, man, I'm important because I'm so busy and I've, I've fallen into that trap. I wonder, what if the thing that you and I have been experiencing in the last couple of weeks uh, is not so much quarantine fatigue, but forced Sabbath rest? And what if our anxiety to, to get right back at it is really our own selfish bristling at the hand of God, uh, the God who says to us, slow down, rest, be still and know that I am God. After all, friends, God is God and we are not. The Israelites did not set themselves free from bondage in Egypt. And we do not set ourselves free from bondage to sin. Only God can do that. And so we're invited to enjoy God's blessings and to rest. Let's take a flashback moment. Let's go back to the story of the burning bush. Before all these things took place, God was raising up a prophet Uh, to confront Pharaoh. And he was a shepherd by the name of Moses. So we're going to go back to to chapter three and have a little flashback as we try to understand the story. Okay. uh, Exodus chapter three, verses one and two and four. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Okay, by the way, when God calls you, friends, this is what you say. You say, here I am, Lord. So God called Moses to confront the Pharaoh and to demand the release of the Israelites. And Moses was a bit skeptical. And he said, uh, yes, okay, but you know, if they ask me, who shall I say, sent me to Pharaoh? Uh, You know, what is your name, God? Who can I tell them is sending me? And in verse 14 of chapter three, God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. And all at once, God tells Moses nothing and everything about who God is. In this moment, you know, God doesn't share with Moses the kind of name that you and I use to address each other. You know, this is not Eddie or Judith. Uh, I am who I am is God's name. And it's a mystery, right, that points to the the present reality of God. God is here and now. God is I am. Uh, This name speaks of the, the power to create, the one who causes all things to come into being. This name speaks of a a fidelity, of the one who will be with his people always, who has been with his people, who is now with his people. And so Exodus is, is not only a story about Israel getting saved, it's also a story about the God who saves them, about God's identity. And this is good word number three, friends. God reveals his identity in the wilderness. God reveals his identity in the wilderness. The one who speaks to Moses in the burning bush, this one brought terrible plagues on Egypt. This one who feeds the people with manna and quail, this one is the God, the Lord of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I wonder if as you consider your life these days and when you pray and read the Bible and serve your neighbor, I wonder if you are also discovering some of the identity of who God is because God uses the unique circumstances of the wilderness to reveal God's self to us. Let's keep going. Chapter 13, verse 21. The Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. So the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness and God is with them and God shows up as a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And and some of the commentaries I read suggest, you know, it's, it's the same pillar. It's just that during the day, uh, it looks like a cloud and you, you can't see the light. The sun is shining. Um, But during the night, you can't see the cloud. You can only see the light coming from from the cloud. Um, And if that sounds a little weird, you know, yeah, that's a little weird. Um, But remember, the people are in the desert, and the desert is a dangerous place, right? The wilderness can be a dangerous place. So the Israelites are vulnerable. And so God, during the day, is a cloud to protect them from their enemies, to protect them from the harsh desert sun. And during the night, the fire protects them from the darkness, protects them from predators and, and those who would do them harm. Remember, this is the God of weather. This is the God of light. And we say, oh wait, I know. I, I thought God was like this uh, big old man, you know, in the sky with, with a long white beard and, and sitting on a throne. And maybe not, maybe not friends. God shows up in uniquely creative and powerful ways. And I wonder, how is God showing up in your life right now? Are you noticing God's presence with you? Sometimes I think we miss when God shows up because we were looking for that bearded man in the sky and and instead God shows up like fire. Or we were listening for the loud voice, God to shout, and instead God shows up in the silence. Or we were were hoping for comfort from God and instead God brought conviction. Or we were hoping God would take us back to the familiar Egypt and instead God takes us forward to the promised land. How's God showing up in your life right now? I wanna invite you to make that the subject of your prayer this week and and as you read through the book of Exodus, think about how is God showing up in your life right now? Because this is good word number four, friends. God meets us in the wilderness. God meets us in the wilderness. God is present with us. This is God's grace and God's love for you and for me. When you need him most, God is with you in the wilderness of your life, in the scary and wild and unfamiliar places of this world. You know, we've never done this before, have we? We've never been in this exact moment in time, in history, with these exact challenges. Uh, here we are. Uh, but you know, God's people have been here before. God's people have been through the wilderness. And even more importantly, God has been through the wilderness with God's people. Which means, which means the church in the wilderness is still the church, and God in the wilderness is still God. Quick recap. Four good words for today. Number one, sometimes God leads his people into the wilderness. Number two, God provides for his people in the wilderness. Number three, God reveals his identity in the wilderness. And number four, best of all, God meets us where we are, right here in the wilderness. Friends, never forget, God is with you, God is for you, God loves you, and God will show us a way forward together as we follow Jesus. Amen.